Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. And so I stood up and I was just like, do not grow weary in doing good. In due season, you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. Welcome to season four of Basketful of Bread. It is my joy and purpose to hold your weary arms up by the power of the Holy Spirit as we wrestle against spiritual wickedness in the high places. Together, we are going to stand firm in the secret place where our King Creator will encourage and spur us on with His resurrecting power and mighty word. This season on Basketful of Bread, it is my battle cry to intercede on behalf of the local gospel workers, the overcomers, the remnant, the bride of Christ. The harvest is plentiful. Let's work. My name is Bethany, and I'm grateful you're here. Hey, you guys, welcome back to Basketful of Bread. This is Carissa. Okay, I gotta just paint a picture for you. For the last probably 45 minutes, my children and I have had a spirit-filled worship session. We have been just like getting it with the Holy Spirit, with our Abba Father. It has really refreshed and encouraged my soul. I don't know about you guys, but I have been weary. I have been feeling the effects of my decaying flesh lately. And um, to sit and just actually stand, dance, jump, shout, and worship with my babies today has really ushered in a lot of peace and renewing of my mind. So that is where I'm coming from today, which when I sat down to record this podcast um, two days ago, I literally, you guys, I sat down, I have these notes for um, this episode because the Lord is just making me work. He's like, girl, you need to dig in. This is a part of the teaching gift, I guess, that he wants me to sharpen. And um, yeah, so I had all these notes that I was trying to pull together. I sat down. I probably attempted to record like half of this episode and was just like, no, no. Spirit is not upon me. Cancel, cancel, delete, delete. Um, So today I just, I've sat down. I've been in his word trying to break this down so that it doesn't seem like a foreign language to me, so that I can, I can give it to you guys. I can give you the good news. So grab your Bibles because we're about to go on a little adventure. If you are just tuning in to this podcast, hi, hello. I am truly grateful you're here. This is a good one, a good one to tune into because I am going to be honestly circling back to the very beginning and the heart of this podcast, which I had no idea that this was coming, you guys. I, only the Holy Spirit, only the Lord, God Almighty, could plan something out like this. 
As you know, if you have been listening, we have been dabbling in a series called Like a Green Olive Tree, I think, (laughs) which comes right out of God's word um, where, let me read it to you. Psalm 52 says, but I am like a green olive tree in the house of God. I trust in the mercy of God forever and ever. I will praise thee forever and ever because you have done it. And I will wait on your name for it is good before the saints. In Psalm 52, which we talked about um, back in the previous episode, we were digging into righteousness and speaking with righteousness and basically trying to decode in God's word all the places it talks about righteousness. What does that mean? And we literally got into two Psalms and then it had been like 45 minutes. So we're diving back in, you guys. We're pursuing righteousness. We want to be holy because he is holy and he's called us to be like him. And God is constantly refining us and making us more and more like him. And so what does it mean to be righteous? I was asking myself the other day um, when I read in Proverbs that God, um, he, what does it say? He avoids or ignores or um, flees from the wicked or something like that, but he hears the prayers of the righteous. I said to myself, I want to be righteous. God, teach me, show me, what is that? And that kind of sent to me on this, this like, you know, you know how he does it. So anyways, it brought me to a place I did not think it would. I had written out probably like 50 different scriptures that I was literally going to tick through one at a time going through what does it mean to be righteous in God's word and just see as the spirit would lead. And guess what? When, when I was going to zig, he's like, we're going to zag. Um, and we did zag. We zagged hard right over into James. Um, so we're going to start there, you guys. And we are literally going on an adventure today. It's going to be so good. And I'm going to tell you right now, it's all going to be in probably this one podcast for you, but there's going to be a, a little broken piece because I've got, I've got mom life. And so I'm taking my little 20 minute before dinner block to see how far I can get while the kids are romping outside. So let's see. Let's go over to James 2. James 2 says, My brethren, have not the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with respect of persons? Hmm. For if there come unto you assembly a man with gold ring and goodly apparel, and there come in also a poor man and vile remnant, 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 and ye have respect to him that weareth the gay clothing, and say unto him, sit here in this good place, and sit. Are you guys dying with this King James Version? <laughs> Let me get my CSB Bible. Hold on. My brothers and sisters, do not show favoritism as you hold on to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if someone comes into your meeting wearing a gold ring and dressed in fine clothes and a poor person dressed in filthy clothes also comes in, if you look 
with favor on the one wearing the fine clothes and say, sit here in, good, in this good place. And yet you say to the poor person, stand over there or sit here on the floor by my footstool. Haven't you made distinction among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, didn't God choose the poor in this world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? Yet you have dishonored the poor. Don't the rich oppress you and drag you into court? Don't they blaspheme the good name that was invoked over you? Indeed, if you fulfill the royal law prescribed in the scriptures, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing well. If, however, you show favoritism, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the entire law and yet stumbles at one point is guilty of breaking it all. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. So if you do not commit adultery, but you murder, you are a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are to be judged by the law of freedom. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has not shown mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Okay, And then he goes on to say, what good is it, my brother and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works? Okay, so the reason I read that first part is because that is a very tangible way to show through works the love of God by loving your neighbor, by not showing favoritism, by not judging somebody or condemning them. So then he says, Got a little buddy on me. I think he might want to take a nap. What good is it? This is James 2.14. My brother and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but does not have works, can such faith save him? Turning the page. If a brother or sister is without clothes and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but you don't give them what the body needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith, if it does not have works, is dead by itself. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works, and I will show you faith by my works. Okay, here we go. This is it right here, you guys. You believe that God is one. Good. Even demons believe and they shudder. Senseless person, are you willing to learn that faith without works is useless? Wasn't Abraham, our father, justified by works in offering Isaac, his son, on the altar You see that faith was active together with his works. Are you catching this? And by works, faith was made complete. Whoa. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. The scripture was fulfilled. Okay, remember? Because, wow, okay. Lord, help me not to forget. And he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by works 
and not by faith alone. In the same way, wasn't Rahab, the prostitute, also justified by works in receiving the messengers and sending them out by a different route? For just as the body without the spirit is dead, so is faith without works dead. Lord, thank you for your word. Thank you, God, that you have a message to deliver today. Lord, I pray for supernatural time and space for me to be able to articulate and deliver the good news, Father. Thank you for your word. Lord, you have your way. Use my mouth. Say what you want to say. We love you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. So when I was reading this, you guys, in my quiet time, there was so much, so much. James is such a great book, and I always go there when I need conviction. And y'all, I've needed conviction over the last couple of weeks. Just in motherhood, things have been challenging. And, you know, I cannot, I cannot, I have to, it's a battle. We're fighting, right? And we've got to stay soft. So when I'm reading this, and Abraham is referenced for me, This is a massive light bulb moment, if you will, because if you have been listening to this podcast from the beginning, you know that the story of Abraham, (laughs) the story of Abraham has wrecked me. It has changed my life completely and maybe yours too. And so when he goes back and he's referencing in James, Abraham, he says, um, here in, it's James 2, 22, you see that faith was active together with his works. And by faith, oh, I'm sorry, with his works, and by works, faith was made complete. So there's this completion that happens with our works when we walk it out, when we put the one foot in front of the other. But faith has to come first. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Faith comes first, okay? Oh my gosh, I'm gonna cry. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness and he was called God's friend. Oh, I wanna be called God's friend. I don't know about you guys. Yes, I do. Abraham believed God and it was credited. Okay, so there's faith, then there's this works, okay? So I was like, okay, Lord, remind me of Abraham's story. Guess where I had to go back to, y'all? Genesis, okay? Let's go back to Genesis 15, where we're going to see Abraham justified by works when he offered up his, well, we're not going to read that story, but you know what I'm saying? Abraham's story. Let's go back. Let's go back. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Um, Genesis 15, Y'all know I want to read the whole thing. So I'm going to start with Genesis 15. We're going to read most of it. Okay. <clears throat> so y'all know I've talked, I've done a whole series on Abraham. Go back and listen to it. It was very life-changing for me. Um, God's word is so alive and active. So in Genesis 15, it says, after these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. He's not yet Abraham. Okay. Um, in a vision. Thank you, God, for visions. We love getting visions and dreams from you, Father. Saying, fear not, Abram. I am your shield. And I am 
exceedingly great, your great, exceedingly great reward. I am your great reward. You guys remember what is happening after this. This is kind of after the new land was given to Abraham and his Abram and his children. It's after Lot and all of that. Um, so they're, you know, he's kind of like doing his thing and communing with the Lord. Sodom and Gomorrah was intense. It was like a whole situation. Um, there were some, some, some battles happening for wells and I've talked on this, so I'm not going to get into that. Okay. That's just context. So, and then Abram says, Lord God, and Abram has a relationship with the Lord. Lord God, what will you give me seeing as I go childless? And the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. Do we have this type of relationship with the Lord where we can say, Lord, what are you going to give me? Whoa. I'm like, ooh, I don't even know if I could say that. It's like they were, they were tight. Okay, I don't know. They were very close. And the language to me seems very intense. But again, he is God. Okay. And he had this special thing with Abraham. So he's like, Abraham's like, Abram is like, what are you going to give me, Lord? Like, I don't have a kid. I need somebody to carry on, you know? And Abram said, behold to me, thou hast given me no seed. Okay. So Abram had already received a promise from the Lord. Um, way, 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 way back way back, he told him what it was going to be like. I'm going to bless you. This was way back in Genesis 12. Um, he blesses him. All families of the earth are going to be blessed through you. He's giving him that promise at 75. So this is like several years later. So Abram's already like heard from God even before that, um, I believe, where, you know, he's heard from the Lord and uh, God has said, I'm going to bless you and you're going to have a son. And so now this is later on and he's like, hey, um, I'm older now and I still don't have a son. What's the deal? Should we use my um, my servant? And Abraham, Abram said, behold to me, you have given no seed and lo, one born in my house is mine heir. There's nobody that could be my heir in my household. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him saying, this shall not be your heir. Okay, your, your servant's son is not gonna be your heir. But he that shall come forth out of thine own bowels, can't back in King James Bible, shall be thine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said, look now towards heaven and tell the stars if you're able to number them. And he said unto him, so shall your seed be. And here's the part. And he, Abram, believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. And he said unto him, I am the Lord that brought thee out of Ur, out of the Chaldees, to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, whereby shall I know that I shall inherit it? And they go on. And I've actually done a whole podcast on this, so I'm not even going to dig into that. There's a whole ritual that happens, and it's very precious between Abram and the Lord. Um, but here you have those words that were referenced in James and throughout God's word in the New Testament. And he believed in the Lord and he counted it to him for righteousness. So in this specific uh, scripture, there's this sequence of events. There's an encounter with the Lord 
there's a promise that leads to the choice to believe or not to believe. And, you know, Abram is like, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask these hard questions. I'm going to, the Lord loves that. He wants us to ask. He, he, it's called a relationship. It's not one-sided. He wants us to ask questions and to hear from, so that we can hear from him. We can hear his heart. We can look for answers to our hard questions in his word. Or maybe we'll even hear right from his mouth. It's, he loves that. He delights in that. He's a relational God. Um, so there's this encounter that leads to God reminding him of the promise. Abram really asking about the promise that was already given. There's the promise, there's the belief. Okay, in that moment, Abram chose to believe. And then it was credited to him as righteousness. Okay, so later on we'll read, you read in Genesis, the promise was delivered. Okay, it happened. But then there was this opportunity for even deeper faith through sacrifice and suffering, which you guys, if you get to that point, the sacrifice and suffering, I'm here to tell you that's where the reward is. That really is where the reward is. Because if you go back to James and you look at it, it says, oh, thank you, Jesus. This is, it says, you see that faith was active together with his works and, and by works, faith was made complete. That is where Abram's faith was made complete when he took his son and um, was just being obedient, offering him up. And that is where his faith was made complete. God is always, always, always going to call us to go deeper. You might think, man, my word of the year is faith and I am grown so much in faith. Yes, you have. Praise the Lord. You have grown in faith. But now it's time to go deeper. And that's what this whole little tiny series is about in this season, you guys. This season of going deeper in righteousness, you know? We're always wanting the Lord to purify and to search our hearts. We're always wanting Him to change our hearts so God make us ever new, right? He's the potter, we're the clay. But there's eternal layers until, well, not eternal because once we're with Him, praise the Lord, these earthly tents have got to go. But there is a lifetime of going deeper deeper in this in these spiritual practices going deeper in the fruits of the spirit going deeper in um, our spiritual gifts going deeper in the characteristic traits of who God himself is because the goal is for us to become more like him and I, I gave all the a thousand disclaimers you guys in the first episode of this series the righteousness series um, about like I don't even remember what it what it is, and I just have to I feel like I need to put the note here that um, I don't even know what the note is, so never mind. Carry on. Just listen to the other episode so you like get the whole scoop. Um, but this process, you guys, is a cycle because in every area of our life, the goal is to have God encounter us and to have His word, His promise poured into that area. So that we have the choice. It's a choice to believe or not to believe. And when we believe God, we believe his word. We believe who he says he is about every single, thank you, Jesus, individual circumstance in our life. When we do that, <laughs> it is credit to us as righteousness. Wow. That's the father's heart. Believe him. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Wow, thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, for that word.
Thank you, Jesus. Coming back of coming back of basket full of bread. <laughs> coming up. Coming up basket full of bread. Coming up on basket full of bread. Coming up basket full of bread. <laughs> okay, you say it. Coming up the basket, coming up. <laughs> Try again. Coming up a basket full of bread. Good job. For if there had been a law given, which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Are you catching this? If there was a law that could have been made that would give life, then righteousness should be a gift by the law. That's what they're saying. But the scripture has concluded all under sin. That the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you 